Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dr. Carol Francis Talk Radio Show. Let's make life happen together with authors, scientists, researchers, both inside the box and outside the box of understanding so that you can live a life full of your success, curiosity, enjoyment, happiness, and richness of life in every respect. Let's go beyond our limits. Let's help others go beyond their limits as well. Welcome. Dr. Carol Francis here. Let's talk about your marriage, your relationships, your wish for being able to have a sexually fun life, as well as a wonderful emotional connection in your marriage. Now, there are certain formulas that just are a given with almost everybody and others that have to be individualized based on whom you are involved with and also who you are as well. Some of the generic ways of being able to make your relationship happy now, however, is that you have got to focus on how you can creatively move things into the present and look at the immediate future. Every little bit you do to be creative, fun, funny, enjoyable, pleasant, upbeat, enjoy the other individual, appreciate the other individual, is going to be able to assist. The connection between the two, that guess what, you're going to feel a little a little physical attachment and attraction, and sexual fun. And the idea is not so much ultimately just sexual fun for women, usually, because ultimately it's the emotional connection for women. Usually. All these stereotypes are so hard to declare, truly. However, for the most part, women connect emotionally. Men tend to connect after they've had a sexual intimate experience. That's when your emotions wake up. The oxytocin inside of them stirs so they feel this kind of love for this other individual with whom they've shared this intimate relationship. Again, this is not always, but it's typical. So you want to think about your partner, whoever she is, whoever he is, and what is it that they need that makes them feel connected enough in the moment. And remember that little bit that you can do today in this moment is going to help the next moment a little bit easier. Now, so many people have believed, me included, it's important to clear out all the debris board. But what I have discovered is brain chemistry and neuroplasticity, how you function in your brain, that's the way the chemicals that relate to love and connection function as well, is that to make the moment the best it can be, optimizing this moment is going to make the openness of your partner to the next moment that much better. So your job is to optimize this moment. Now, you can't optimize this moment hoping that the next leads to whatever satisfaction you want, for example, sex or emotional connection. But instead, you're optimizing this moment that the next moment is even better. Consider it a little bit like a regression line. One step up leads to the next step up. And also think about in terms of physics, if you've got the ball moving, it's easier to keep moving the ball than if it's stagnant or it's rolling in the wrong direction. So, as a consequence, every little bit that you do that moves it in the right direction is in the right direction. So, if you're spending a lot of your time dredging up the past, talking about the insults of the past, dealing with the disappointments of various moments, well, that's the way we used to think would help clear the path for people moving forward. Well, let's talk to the women first among you. Women, often we misconstrue emotional connection in that we can share all the ugliness, 
sadness, horror, depression inside of us with this other individual. And if they understand and empathize and care for us, then we're going to feel more connected because, in fact, they are connecting to a part of us, the part of us that is emotionally in pain. But look at it a little bit closer. It's not so much that you need the emotional pain connected to inside of you, but that you really want a deep emotional connection. And often because we feel our pain so deeply, that becomes a way for us to feel like we're emotionally connected because we're sharing sharing those deep, vulnerable feelings with another individual. But I'd like you to consider that emotional connection can come out of laughter, deep, guttural laughter, a little grimace, a sense of silliness, a lightheartedness, and that those types of emotional moments are invaluable and the two of you have shared something that made you both laugh. Both of you lightened up. Both of you seeing the world differently than if you were suffocated by your pain. So consider that emotional connection can occur when you're just having fun, when you're doing something you both enjoy, when you're both feeling intrigued by what's around you, when you're both charged by the creativity that exists. Those types of emotional connection moments are to be valued tremendously. But what often doesn't happen is that you share the good and it doesn't get paid attention to, so you share the bad, because that seems to pull everybody into the toxicity of the moment. Plus, it sometimes gets a man involved in the idea of, well, I'd like to fix her because that would give me meaning and purpose. And a man, a woman too, but men typically want to feel meaningful and want to feel purposeful in a person's life. So if they can see something that they might be able to fix, that's going to make them feel like they can connect in the moment. The problem is this. With women, fixing their sad emotions makes them feel like there's something wrong or broken with them. So they don't like the feeling of being condescended to, as if the person that's helping you fix them is superior to them in some sort of fashion or form. And even though that isn't necessarily the intention of the man or of the problem solver in the relationship, it often can come across that way, which actually causes more bridges to fall apart than bridges that will close the gap. Now let's come back to it. You want to be mindful about being able to create emotional connections that are based on laughter, fun, curiosity, lightheartedness, pleasant experiences, and the things that you've done during the course of the day that are the wows. Now, when your partner is trying to wow the moment, you want to listen to those with attentiveness, eagerness, excitement, enthusiasm. And if you don't, you've missed your opportunity for the best type of emotional connection marriages can have. And if you've missed that opportunity, you're probably going to have a harder time turning yourself into this wonderful physical person that connects to this other person in ways that are full of intimacy, closeness, attachment, and affection. Because affection typically rises out of this plethora of feelings of closeness and positive well-being. The feelings of oxytocin-based chemical love comes out of a sense of well-being, not out of a sense of pain or torture. So if your partner's sharing really good things about their day, if you move into enthusiasm for them, 
they're going to be more inclined to move into physical enthusiasm as well. So partners, if you've been listening only to the negative and then the rest of the time you decide it's not worth your attention because everything's okay, well, it's okay, so why do I need to bother? You're missing your primary opportunities for cultivating things that are growing well. Okay, now it's time for some metaphors to take home with you. Since this program is only 15 minutes long, we're really going to just give you these nuggets to be contemplate. Think of your relationship as a garden. I know, kind of coy, but think of it as a garden. Whatever seeds you plant on your side of the garden are going to produce whatever fruits or vegetables you're going to plant. However you take care of your garden is going to depend on how pleasant your garden looks. If you haven't been attending to your side of the garden very well, the other person's not going to be all that attracted to coming over and visiting in your side of the garden. So make sure that you are attending to the well-being and the beautification, the health of that which you are growing on your side of the garden. Now, how about the other person's garden? Well, what's very important is you don't go around and tromp or stomp on whatever they're growing or criticize what they've decided to plant. Instead, if you want to connect, you might enjoy it. You might receive whatever gifts come from that side of the garden. And receiving from the other person the gifts that are going on, you're actually creating a type of connection. It goes without saying, doesn't it? So if a person's growing apples on a tree that's in their garden, receive the apple that's offered to you and enjoy it, whether it's a crab apple or a nice sweet gala apple. It does not matter just as long as you receive. In like manner, look at your side of the garden and what positive things you have to give. Quite clearly, you're not going to give them the snails of your garden, the weeds of your garden, or even the earthworms of your garden. Well, maybe the earthworms, that might be helpful, but it would be looked upon a little differently than if you're giving them the flowers or the fruit or the vegetables that are well-groomed and delicious. So remember to give the things out of your garden that are quite positive to the other individual and receive from the other individual as well. Tend to the well-being and health of your particular side of the fence because there's no way you can make another individual attractive to you if you're not even taking care of your own attractiveness. Attractiveness comes in all sorts of ways, physical being one. Physical is only one, however. Smell, looks, taste, all of those things and much more are associated to that sense of attractiveness to a garden. So consider what it is about you that you really find attractive and grow those aspects. You don't have to fit the other person's sense of beauty or handsomeness, but you do have to fit your own sense of health and well-being. Okay, so enough of the garden metaphor for a moment, but consider this also now another metaphor. If you went to a restaurant with your partner, and you sat down and you started telling the cook how horrible the food was. Do you really think that would inspire the chef or anybody there to give you the best of service or the highest quality of food? They might struggle to give it to you because they have to or because they're afraid of you, but not because they want to and not because they creatively are inspired to. If you instead sit down with your partner at the restaurant and you treat everybody you greet with respect and honorability and a belief that they're going to give you the best they possibly can, then now you've taken your partner with you in your attitude and the way you've treated other individuals. That partner now can engage with you, potentially, in the way you're treating other people, too. Now, in addition, consider that the way you influence that restaurant may also be the way that restaurant influences the other person that's with you. 
So you pull this third party into the situation, positively influence that third person, because that third party can now influence your connection in your marriage. Now, that third person can be anybody. Your children, for example, the better you treat your children, chances are the better type of connection and sexual relationship you're going to have in your marriage. The better you treat your in-laws of any sort, the better the connection will be with you inside your marriage as well. The better you treat anybody, the better you're going to have a respect from the partner that's involved with you. Okay? Now, let's take this metaphor just a little bit farther. If you're going to order the worst food on the menu, you're going to feel like this is a horrible restaurant. But if you order the best food on the menu, chances are you're going to feel like this is a pretty good restaurant. Now, take it in terms of your marriage as well. If you spend a lot of time focusing on the worst part of your partner's qualities and how they've hurt you, frustrated you, disappointed you, made things up or complicated in your life, then there's a very high possibility that you're going to pull upon the very worst in your partner. So spend your time ordering the very best, the things that are natural and wonderful about your partner, and call them to be the most evident part of your relationship on a daily basis. In turn, also take the very best of who you are and infuse your relationship with those aspects of who you are. Take your best the things you really like about you, the things that are really good. Take your partner's best and the things that are really good. All of these things can have so many different dimensions to it, so many different activities and involvements in them. So it's hard for me to be specific with you, but I'm trying to give you these three modifications or ways of looking at things, these metaphors, so you can sit down and say to yourself, I really need to groom this relationship for the emotional connection and sexual fun that I ultimately wanted. And here's the parting word. Marriages were never intended to give you everything you need or satisfy every desire that you had. Marriages are there to create a family, a unit, a sense of a place to belong. But that doesn't mean you get to be all sorts of ways that are toxic to yourself and to others around you. It doesn't give you the excuse to be crude or crass or unkind or just say whatever you want. That's not really the best place to be that way, if there's any such place. Instead, treat marriages like a fragile garden. It'll thrive if well taken care of, and it will die. If it's tromped on, neglected, criticized, or given away to others to cultivate. All right, so these are 15 minutes of pithy thoughts. Let's hear from you. Contact me at drcarolfrancis.com or drcarolfrancis at gmail.com. Either way, look forward to hearing from you and look forward to you saying, okay, I think I can make this relationship a satisfying one.